It's time for the final series of year three, and we're going out with a bang. A big badder boom of Hollywood blockbuster proportions, in fact. Yes, we're going to the movies, so hasta la vista, baby, for another episode of that time. I started a podcast to read trash manga with my friends, and actually most of them were trash, but some of them weren't, aka the Trash Manga Friends Podcast, episode 82, Magic Stone Gourmet, eating magical trash manga may be the strongest. Today's episode sponsored by Disney and you know we've been doing this all year long three years long at this point this is the show where three people discuss two volumes of one trash manga discussing what's great 2d content what's gimmicky 3d jumping out at you and what's whatever the hell for dx is i am your forever host sean luke goddard joined by hayo Mikazaki, and phil elmo del toro how are you both couple of points on your intro there first okay. of all you said Hello, but then Hasta La Vista at the same time. And I know you haven't watched movies, but that is famously the thing he says when he's killing people and or saying goodbye to them. I'm just going to say that, that that's goodbye. That's not that hello. Famously goodbye. Come on, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the sincere lack of care in your voice. Like, <laughs> why do you think I give a shit about this, Mike? I... I don't know why you thought that about me. I'm sorry. You you write 82 fucking podcast intros and then you come back to me. <laughs> well, I at least wouldn't say hasta la vista at the beginning. Come on, <laughs> like... You, you want to do the intro? Here's your chance. Do it. <laughs> yeah, it's the Trash Manga Friends. We are friends and manga. I did an intro. Are you happy? Yeah. I'll use it after the next episode. <laughs> it's our official new intro music. I was about to say, is that the year four intro music now? Oh, fuck yeah, four. Uh, uh. <laughs> We're doing this a while, haven't we? Uh, dear. Did you at least appreciate, hopefully you were able to get my name puns for once. I got F Filero del Toro, whatever you said. I don't okay. remember what the other one was. Hayao Mikazaki. Oh, okay, no, I, get, I did get that. Okay, and then Jean-Luc Godard. See, that one I kind of get, but I, I don't know for sure. I'm assuming that's a famous director. Yeah, French famous director. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm not so clear on that one. To be, it's the least <laughs> recognisable of the three for us, at least. I'm sure people are going, how dare you say he's less recognisable than I mean, me. Is I mean, can, I'm can assuming... you give us some films he's done? They've no, done? not without no. Wikipedia. <laughs> no. Straight well. up flat no. <laughs> okay. Why are you asking me? Let's make something clear right from the off, because this has been a punchline in my life. I am not a film guy. I am not a movie guy. This will become evident in this episode. <laughs> yeah, like I, every chapter, not to skip ahead here, but every chapter is a movie title. And yes. so I'm, I have to assume that you are just completely lost on all of those. See, I know of some of them. Like, I know <laughs> The Devil Wears Prada is a film. It's a film. Couldn't yeah. tell you anything about it, but I know it's a film. <laughs> I'll, I'll save you the effort, Sean. The film titles are irrelevant. Oh, they're super irrelevant oh, to like ninety percent of it. Oh god, yeah. Well, most chapter titles are like if you have, like. I'm a big Bleach fan. I'll tell you right now, ninety percent of that and the preambles at the start of every volume totally irrelevant. Just absolute <laughs> nonsense. Whatever Tight Kubo thought was fun at the time. Sure, and there's very much this going on in this manga as well. But uh, in answer to your actual question, I'm good. Hey. <laughs> and yeah, I'm I'm excited to see how many movie references this thing did that you just completely missed. Well, I didn't read the pages at the end of each chapter explaining them, so I'm gonna go with most. <laughs> to be fair, most of them were just 
this is what this chapter's named after. Yeah, this it was a lot of them were just like this is a reference. <laughs> I, I got the main one you need, which is the the protagonist is named after a famous Japanese director. Like yes. I recognize that guy. See, so. I didn't I didn't get that. You've never heard of Akira Kurosawa? I mean, I may have heard of it, but I didn't get the reference. I, I don't know. Most notably would be Seven Sky. Ah, okay. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. Either way, we'll we'll get to that in a moment. I mean, hey, hey also, I'm on a minor movie role. Like, I saw the, as we talked of the last one, I saw the D&D movie, and now we've seen the Mario movie. Oh, yeah. Both very good Peak movies. Peak cinema, uh, especially from the way the Mario movie's raking in the money. Oh, Mario is raking in the money. I would argue that it is the worst of the two movies, but it is a lot of fun. I preferred it, but I'm also more of a Mario fan than a TNT fan. Uh, sure, sure. Regardless, a lot like the manga we're reading today, it is packed full of references and good fun. Yes, I, I do recommend. I, I don't know if it'll still be in the cinemas by the time this episode comes out, but uh, if you can. Honestly, it, it may well be, because this comes out like after... I mean, middle of May? Yeah, this is like middle of May-ish, so yeah, it'll probably be in there. Maybe like on one or two screenings a day, but I reckon it'll still be there. Maybe. Worth checking out. High hopes for the future of Nintendo movies now. After, after that, one. <laughs> uh, don't say that. <laughs> I mean, uh, they're, they're oh, clearly... the cinematic universe. Like, is, yeah. you know, how ten years ago we were like, "Man, Iron Man was great." I'm excited for the future of superhero movies and that. Things <laughs> I've already seen people making that meme. Like, here is the Nintendo cinematic universe timeline. To be fair, they were making that meme years ago when I know was announced quite... and Detective Pikachu was doing well. But it's just like, all right, here comes the Zelda film and the Metroid film. And it's just like, no, please, I don't. Nobody you'll wants see those them. films, Phil. Nobody wants them. And hey, hey, you, maybe you'll get rehydrated Ganon in them, voiced by, is it? Matt Mercer. Dan, Matt Mercer, that's it, yeah. And we're almost certainly going to get a Donkey Kong movie. Oh, almost. Oh, yeah. Almost certainly. And Captain Toad. Yeah, maybe. Actually, yeah, probably. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, manga. I was going to say, that's, that, that'll be the extent of my movie knowledge, as you kids will very quickly learn. So, <laughs> are we ready, for the last time in year three, to delve into our series of the Fortnite? I am so fucking ready. Yeah, then grab your popcorn, kids, let's go. As we tackle The Last Exorcist, Endergeister, uh, otherwise known as Suino Taimashi, Endergeister. This is a supernatural action manga that has been running from December 2019 to the present day. 12 volumes out so far. Written and drawn by Takashi Yomayama, who uh, has only done a couple of things. He's done this, a one random one-shot, and a prequel manga to this called Versus Evil, which ran for three volumes. But this has not been licensed, no anime, nothing like that. So, Phil, last time in year three, take it away. What is Endergeister all about? Oh, man. This follows Akira Kurosawa, pseudonym, obviously, as... He's named after, as we mentioned, a famous Japanese filmmaker, which is incredibly irrelevant because films aren't really important. But more to the fact is he is an exorcist. He goes around helping resolve the supernatural and the paranormal. And that's what I'm giving you. I mean, that's that's all the series really gives you. I mean, yeah, sure. Sure. I, I mean, as I say, films aren't relevant to the narrative, but they are... The guy's the, yes, there's lots, lots of references. Say like they are all named after it. Basically, he is a massive film buff. Yeah, he's a cinephile, and they do try in the early stages to make them kind of relevant, but then they just give up and start naming the chapters. I mean, I, I don't know, like, you, mm. yeah, like... admittedly, I've not seen 
most of those films, even myself, but... I mean, they do, uh, like, make it more than, like, token, I would argue. Like, for example, I think pretty much the end, the back half of Volume 1 is him fighting, for lack of a better... It's not exactly Pennywise, but it might as well be Pennywise. It, it was a paranormal clown, yes. Yes, they straight up reference Pennywise as well, so... Yeah, it was just straight up the clown from it. Yes. So, yeah, like, there is some film knowledge in there. But I have one major issue with this manga. Right. And maybe this says something about me, and maybe maybe I read it wrong. Okay. I'm willing to admit that, but did it feel like to you guys ever that you were just missing a chapter every now and again? No. In what regard? In, like, you were just often missing vital information for, like, large swaths of the, of the manga. I think it very deliberately doesn't give you a lot of info like the very loose premise after he makes his journey to japan is that he's trying to find his old master who we'll get to in a minute mm-hmm. and also there's some weird giant ass black pillar of dark and doom that's making all the demons and supernatural things go crazy and then it's like i get drip can. feed i get drip feeding information i do understand the concept but i really feel like they were just doing stuff for the first like seven chapters like the first volume you just didn't you, you got nothing explained to you whatsoever it was just man goes here and fights i don't know why he's just it's, it's doing it like, I, mean, oh. I inferred at the start that he is essentially like a secret agent or some such that was being given like missions of like go exterminate this go do that yeah. i i get exorcist in this world but essentially yes. like a james bond style agent style thing which is kind of what the betrayal we get as we go on but i think the for me the dissonance there was like a lot of stuff is acting like it's shonen fights, but unlike most shonen, which will overload you with his an entire explanation of our powers and let's go through every move in five page detail. This one just stuff happens and you're like, oh okay. Yeah. Like there's just they just constantly are doing things without explaining shit. And it's not done in a way that doesn't require explanation. Like in a way you can just figure it out. It's just like this guy turns up and like black smoke starts pouring out of him. You're like all right, is, are we supposed to know what that is? Are we supposed to know what's going on in this scene? And they like literally explain nothing until like chapter seven. Like no, yeah. no joke. Like this also comes off of a prelude. Like the first ten-ish pages of the manga are basically his origin story, for whatever better word, where you see yes. him because he wasn't always um, an exorcist. He was, I believe, at the start was also one of these crazy spirit kind of things. And then yeah, he, he was possessed in some form. Again, not really explained all that well. <laughs> Yeah, it's but because basically, you're not supposed to know yet. No, that's perfectly fair. But basically, basically, you learn that he gets brought in line by the character that he refers to as his master, who you only see once or twice about the whole thing, at least in these two volumes. But then, yeah, it just cuts then to present day, and then you're off, and it's like, oh, is this the same? I guess it's the same guy because of the transition they used. Okay. Oh, his entire life's changed now. What? Yeah, it's very jarring, and it's like a lot of jarring stuff. If you can just sort of go with it and assume it'll be explained eventually that's kind of okay but the way they write it is it's never safe to assume anything because like they're quite often setting you up for like shock factor moments of here is this guy he's one of the strongest guys and oh he's dead and it's like well okay i i guess i don't i can't trust any assumption i guess i'll just go with what they tell me and then they don't tell you shit it's like what it is right. a dumb Hollywood action flick. So I, I wouldn't would describe it. I, I I wouldn't even call it dumb. Like okay, dumb 
stories like this, like dumb action flukes, as you say, are they don't require explanation. Like I'm thinking of like Commando, for example. Like literally, oh, one the... of his favorite films, I think. <laughs> most I assume likely. that's what they were watching at the start. Uh, I honestly don't remember, but uh, most likely. Yes, I think that was Commando. But yeah, like that's a that's a dumb action movie where it's like you don't really need to understand what's going on. Like the actual story is. A guy goes to rescue, I think it's his daughter, from some um, South American warlord-type situation. And he just goes to an island and shoots everyone up. And that's basically the entirely of, entirety of the movie. I mean, you cut to her trying to escape every so often, but no one gives a shit. It's about man goes in and shoots. Is that Sylvester Stallone? No, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I think... Oh, I'm thinking of Rambo, I think. Okay. You are thinking of Rambo. Which, again, is another... Eh. I would say that's less of an example of it, but still. Man goes in and shoots up the place is... That's a dumb movie. Whereas this one, it doesn't... The, the reason why that one can be dumb and this one isn't is because that one doesn't really require explaining as such. Like, you got all the information you need, and then you just watch what's going on. This, though, you get none of the information, and you're watching stuff and being confused by it. That's like, I fair. Could, it would could be not like get you were trying to... It'd be like if you were trying to read Bleach, but they didn't explain any part of Bleach, and you were having to just try and infer everything as you went along. And yeah, and don't get me wrong, I do not want exp exposition dumps. <laughs> Absolutely not. But something, you know? Anything. When, when you're trying to do Shonen-esque fighting and combat and logic, you need to clue the viewer in a little. It's like, yeah, I... They, like I said... Literally, I think it is chapter 7, which is the end of volume 1, before they explain anything. Until then, it is a guy going around. It appears he can summon weapons out of thin air using some sort of black smoke. And by weapons, I mean, like, guns and knives and stuff. The inference I got from over the course of the two volumes is, yeah, at first it looks like he's summoning them, but I think it's actually that he has his spiritual essence style beta, which is represented by that drink. Pocket watch. Casket, oh, pocket sorry, watch, yeah. thing, combination yeah. of the two, which he, I think, has basically just copied off of his master, except she smokes or I don't know. Either way, yeah. that that's how, it, and he gets that, he gets that back off of like sucking up essentially the spiritual juju off of anything he kills and beats, which he then uses to both he well for a bunch of things. He uses it to heal himself. He can use it to do things like summoning a sword. He can use it to make, I think it's like shadow copies of things he has in like a special storage. Because he mentions at one point the gun he summons isn't the original, it's a Yeah. He also says something like he can rematerialize anything that he fully understands. Oh, in yes. the, when they're doing the silly airplane action scale. Yeah, because there, there's a moment where he has to fight some demons on a plane in the sky and the plane crash lands because... Oh, that is, that is full Hollywood. Like, oh, they've, they've taken yeah. over the plane and, oh, the pilot's gone, but luckily I can sort of make the controls come back and hey this guy with me he played flight simulator a few times yeah to be fair it wasn't a few times he's apparently 13th ranked whatever that means on <laughs> i'm sure there are some competitions for it somewhere, I'm, I'm sure I there guess. are yes uh, okay yes he he's the grand turismo of flight sims but you know <laughs> <laughs> i mean i would also argue that there is a difference between I'm learning this track or the ins and outs and the corners, whereas plane is like up and down. 
I feel it's a bit more complicated than that. <laughs> Apparently not, because they land the plane. So the point is, like, it's they crash like land the, the plane, to be specific. Yeah, but the whole thing remains intact. They the do a is, decent job. That's a very sure. dumb, like, Hollywood-style thing of, oh, no, I've got to fly the plane! Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Who's flying the plane? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very silly. And that's that's clearly kind of what they're going for. They're trying to go for, like, a mixture of serious and silly, like, Deadly serious and kind of silly with the whole movie parodies slash references that they're making. Yeah. Because, yeah, this guy is, he is German, so I'm assuming that was like a no, backdoor reference. I think that's just reference. where he is at the, I well, think he's, that's just because he's German I think, at the start. I think no, he's half German, half Japanese. Yeah, he, he, says that his, he says that his mother was Japanese or something. Or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So, yeah, um, the implication is... That he is at least part German, which is why he's I mean, living in Germany or something. He's definitely part Japanese, considering how fucking obsessed with Japanese culture he is. Because of course he is. <laughs> oh no, he could just be a weeb. He could just be a weeb. Yes. Yeah, just fucking. Oh my god, an onsen. Oh my god, a tatami mat. Oh my god, samurai. Like, okay, buddy. He's constantly asking where all the samurai ninjas are. Uh, and like, oh my god, I'm fighting a tengo. And like, please stop. <laughs> I cannot cringe harder than God that. damn weeaboos. <laughs> but yeah, he is a character who's actually fine, I think. They tried to go for like the brooding badass thing, but also give him like a an enthusiastic streak. Do you think he's yeah, I brooding? Know. I was gonna say I don't think he's particularly brooding at all. Okay, maybe that was the wrong word to use, but yeah, like they tried to give him like a darker angle to him where he's like a it's like a, he's got, uh, he's got a troubled care. past, sure, but you know, <laughs> he, it's like, he's got a devil may care streak. It's just that? like James Bond or anything like that, where it's like they have a dark past, but in the moment now, and now you're watching them, ah, oh, they're they're just all right. They're just a nice guy. I sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't know if I'd say nice guy kind of thing, but <laughs> like he just he's like he's a badass in the context of the manga, but he's also like he's not a prick. He's, he's very carefree and. Yeah. You're also very violent. Oh yeah, yeah, well this is a very I laughed because apparently like they're like this is a show in manga and I'm like, nah mate. Is it? Nah. This is silent. I mean <laughs> I mean the very first chapter he's literally stabbing, shooting and slitting the throats of Dobby from Harry Potter. <laughs> and yes. then walks into an ogre raping some women <laughs> yeah. and then fights a naked witch lady. Oh, there's tons of nudity in this as well. Oh yeah, and and then after the first chapter, they throw the same shit balls out the window. Like, yeah, sure, you can see nipples. Why not? Oh yeah, they do. <laughs> they spend an entire chapter hiding the nips conveniently, and then it's just, oh, okay, <laughs> there they are. It's like, oh, we're getting serialized now. <laughs> Jokes on you! I signed the contract. <laughs> uh, she's she's the main character. She's allowed to be naked, I guess. <laughs> sure, why not? I actually no wait. You see the villain of the final volume. Do naked yeah. As well yeah. So you see, you're just you see a, a random. <laughs> You see a lot of female nudity. Female nudity. You don't ever see any swinging dick and balls. You, you, you don't see any swinging dicks, no, but you do... That is true, you actually. Do you see, do see uh, him and the manager. And he is rappling naked. Oh, Clint Eastwood, yeah. While he Clint wears Eastwood, a... Yeah. Clint Eastwood, while he wears a fish mask, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's just... Creature weird. from the Black Lagoon. Oh, okay, that's what that one was, right. Yes. Yep. But yeah, it is very... In inverted commas, mature because it's like loads of guns, action, nudity, blood, etc. Oh, it it is like your Hollywood action yeah. in that respect. It's just like, no, nah, you know what, blood, gore, and 
you know, little unlike Hollywood, because Hollywood's very, well, no, can't show the boobs. That's scandalous. How dare you? That's HBO's gimmick. No, like, I, I would say this is very Hollywood from, like, the 80s. Uh, maybe then, yes. Yeah, like, a very, very 80s-style action kind of thing, where it's not quite as silly as from the 80s. Like, it's not quite Commando levels. But it, it's got a lot of action, and they're not afraid to show all the graphic bits, including the illegal parts of the nip-tops. It, it's very over-the-top, but in an intentional way. Like, there's parts where you find out that, like, a lot of people have their own special abilities, and they're in different ranks, because of course they are. You find out that a lot of these abilities become quite grotesque in their very nature. Like, there's one guy who can grow and shift around all of his muscle in his body to become like oh, the hulk yeah it's grotesquely over muscle but like as part of that it cuts starts to, like rip off other parts of his body and attach to other places oh i didn't pick up on that bit okay yeah like in the because that the end of that fight he gets like real mad and he yeah, gets like well, that's, that's crazy the last chapter muscle. we read is him fighting the female lead yeah because and... of what's happened to the male lead in the chapter before he, yes he pulls an itchy go <laughs> yeah actually very apt <laughs> But yeah, you can see at that point that like all the skin is like ripped off of his lower rib cage, and you can see his ribs and stuff. So oh shit, okay, yeah, it's pretty gross, but it's, well, I mean, it's definitely there. You don't even need to go that far. It's on like page two or something when we're seeing the ten years ago part where he's all oh yeah, yeah. possessing things. He's he's facing down a gang, I guess. Yeah, I'm not sure. They're just like oh yeah, we'll just fill him full of holes. It'll be fine. He just kind of full on anime teleports behind them, and then all of a sudden they're just. Skeletons. He, he just yeah, nothing yeah, personal, kid. They, he just skeletons people yeah. in that form. Yeah, like th- there is a lot of situations of like flesh falling off of bones and like people being ripped in half and stuff. So yeah, shonen meant for young boys. Or well, actually, I suppose in some ways the most grotesque part is perhaps uh, just after he arrives in Japan, they have to go chase after that other team of X, who you know. Naturally, are all dead because of the moon. Right, yeah, yeah. And their heads just been turned into balloons. Yes, that did and when they And when they pop, all of their yeah, boats and guts the, yeah. explode everywhere. Like shrapnel, well, was, yeah. Ah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Beautiful. Pretty fucking gross. And, you know, I think just in the lead up to that, when, you know, like, end of the previous chapter where they're talking about, oh, we need to go after this team, and it just cuts to a shot of the team, just, like, dismembered and, you know, ripped in half a clown and stuff, yeah. just playing with some intestines as you do as you do yeah but one thing i will credit this thing with it is gross and it is not in like a moral way but in like a physical way but it never quite strays into like the uh hentai manga we read or pooper or anything like that oh it doesn't go quite as far as the manga that i was drawing the most comparisons with which phil might have been about to say uh record of ragnarok no i I was gonna say I wouldn't say it's grotesque. I would say it's gory. Is the difference? Yes, yeah, like it's, it's it never... kind of like your old school FPS games, like your Dooms and your Quakes, where you get lots of blood and viscera, but actually, the Gibbs. It's not really it's not, all that. It's not like Pumpkin Night, which we did a little while back, yes. which is very much yeah, yeah. It, it never quite devolves into the messy pile of flesh kind of thing, which is good. It's a good thing. Because it, um, it means that all of the gore and viscera and stuff, it actually has definition. So A, you can see what's going on, and B, it doesn't just become meaningless. Yeah, I would mm. say, even if visually it's not always clear 
like what's happening in the flow of panel to panel. Oh my god, the actual panels themselves are well drawn. Like a lot of god, them are. That is exactly what I was about to pull out, put, uh, talk about. Because yeah, while I'm praising the art of this, it has like no proper transitions whatsoever. Like you never have any idea, and it does get a little better later on. Like it might just be a thing with like the first volume. But you never have any fucking clue how you got from suddenly from A and you skip through B and I don't know, C. man. Chapter 15 is entirely devoted to essentially one action sequence and I still didn't really understand what was happening. <laughs> yeah, the, d- to be fair, yeah, they don't fully fix it throughout. It's a bit better, but they never fully fix it. Like, there's no, like, interconnectivity of the choreography of these scenes. You can never tell what is happening until after the fact. And you're like, oh, that's what happened. Because there's one character, um, it's the female protagonist, female lead. I will get, I'll give her name now, and then Mike will never say it again. Uh, Shikage Awashima. Yep, female Go protagonist. On. And her thing is that she has like a mechanical headset thing. I, which, I which assume a... she's part cyborg. Yeah, like it's no, not so... super clear exactly. No, so what it, what it is, is basically... The way their powers work is they have relics, is what they yes. call them. Yeah. And hers is she can basically get some mechanical components and shove them on her body spiritually kind of thing. So she gets that kind of cyborgy headsetty thing and she's stuck yeah. a motor in her legs. So kind of a cyborg. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like she's not literally a cyborg. She is still human, as far as we're aware anyway. But it's revealed that her shtick is not only has she got like essentially extra sensory perception like she can sense life forms and enemies and hear extra good etc but she can like dodge automatically like like without even having to think about it she just like yeah, bends over backwards dodge. and dodge well yeah, yeah not, because perfect, so, but, so yeah. as i said she has she's sort of got two components to her power that we've seen she's got the headset which is like sensory based yeah and i think sort of when she's exp- we get like a one-page explanation. She says, like, it goes out 20 meters, and within this range, she can sense this. This range, she can oh, sense Oh, we get, we get like a one-page where it's like, here are the 20 things that she has attached to it. It's yeah. Like, okay. and, and then she has, as I say, she has like a motor in her legs, which lets her jump and move better and things. I think the implication is she can kind of connect the two. Well, that's the thing. The implication that is built up to until the end of Volume 2 is that she has, like, I I call it perfect dodge. It's like an ability you do sometimes in anime manga where people can kind of, like, predict where blows are going to come. So, or, like, on a subconscious level, just dodge and move their body. And then the person she's fighting at the end of Chapter 16 goes, oh, that's your ability, and then just proceeds to ignore it and somehow just can immediately hit her. And it's like, oh, okay, that's out the window then. And uh, I think the thing that happened there, from what I remember, was. He says that, and then she goes, "Oh no, I need to put some distance between us instead of relying on that ability." And that, and that is the ha ha ha! You've activated my trap card, kind of thing. Yes. Oh, I read an additional few chapters at the end of this just to see. <gasps> I know, he's, I know. He's, he likes it. Uh, just to see what happened in that fight because it kind of ended abruptly. This is record of Ragnarok all over again. <laughs> he's gonna like it. <laughs> I'm saying nothing. <laughs> but, yeah, so they say something. So I wanted to know what the fuck was happening, right? And so the explanation they eventually give is 
if someone's far enough away, she can dodge perfectly, but if someone's at point-blank range, then she just can dodge like a normal person. She has to dodge like a normal person, because it doesn't quite work that fast. Well, I assume it works based off of her thinking, so it, yeah, it's not literally automatic, it's still... Yeah, so that's kind of the, the backward explanation they give for why this guy can suddenly just pummel her into See, the ground. I'm, I'm alright with that, just maybe put that near the start of the fight. Yeah, like, this thing has a chronic, we've, like I've said, a chronic issue with not explaining shit. Like, yeah, you need some explanations. Because you can't draw your own conclusions and make your own theories with zero information. Like, if I told you some random manga you've never read and I said, what happens at the end of this? You'd be like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I haven't got any information. Or you take a wild guess and it would be completely inaccurate because why would it be? Uh, they save the day. That the <laughs> they win at the end. <laughs> Ichigo wins. Naruto wins. Luffy <laughs> finds the One Piece. Ah, we don't know about that one. <laughs> the One Piece was the friends we made along the way. I, it, can't, it can't be that now. It's I, that's too I much want of a to meme. say it I want to say he has actually even come out and said no. Is it is piece, not yeah. something bullshit and abstract <laughs> like that. <laughs> After <anymore>. like. <laughs> After what, like 800 chapters or however many there is. Oh, 800, you're underselling. Yeah, I actually have no idea. I just guessed a huge number. I want to say it's past past a thousand, thousand, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, it would be a bit of a bullshit rug pull if (laughs) if they'd done that at this point. Yeah, I think for me, the the epitome of like, it doesn't explain stuff is how in chapter 15, where he's suddenly like, oh, I'm running out of my spiritual energy, Juju. And you're like, that's a thing that can happen. Yeah, that also seemed to happen really quickly. So, did he just like. Have do you not fill up before he left? <laughs> Bear in mind, he was fighting, and he said the problem was. So the idea is they've gone to investigate this black pillar that's hid, and once they get to that area, it's just chock full of monsters. Except after he's fought a few, he's saying I can't get any black juju out of them, which we find out is because they're like. They're um, alchemist. Um, Al- that's not the word. Uh, homunculi or That's the one. Rather than actual supernatural demons or whatever it is he normally fights. So there is no black juju to get from them. So he's not replenishing it. It's as all just this it. comes out of nowhere very much. Like, I'm running low and now I only have 15 bullets and 30 seconds of this or one full heal. It's like, okay. Are we now just right out of nowhere? We're now quantifying this to an exactitude, which is then how that chapter proceeds. Because he's like, oh, I've got to resource manage very smartly while you're going, sure, I guess. Okay. I mean, it ends with a great punchline, but you're like, okay, sure. Mm. He has to very precisely use one bullet and get to this person in 10 seconds. And it's like, okay. Yeah, it's it's all very, um, I know, it's oddly specific when it wants to be and very vague every other time. Yeah, it's trying to be weirdly specific in a series that has done none of the work that allowed it to do that. But to be fair, it does end with the great punchline of um, she just shoots him through the fucking heart with a shotgun. Yeah, like he finally yeah. gets through all these monsters, runs up to her, is about to attack and just shoots him. Which is a brilliant punchline for that chapter, I must say. All this build up and Also, nada. she's smart because she then confirms the kill by shooting his head off with a shotgun. Oh, she tries to, yes. I mean, ignore what happens after that, but like, <laughs> yeah. she, she does the logical thing of not going, I've done, like, no, no, I'll blow his head off. Yes. Now he's dead. Cough. I mean, uh, so I think for that chapter, I don't 
think it's necessarily like it's trying to set some sort of precedent where it's like, I'm trying to think of a good. I don't think the Rambo is going to be remembered. Like, I don't think it's going to come back in like volume five. No, like, no, ah, it's more like remember, I'm just. Trying, I can only I, use ten bullets. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's going to be setting up as like this is his power level, and now, now you know going forward, this is how many bullets he's got. And this, is how yeah, much this that. It's just a weird got. contrast to everything. I think else. the point of this is to set the scene that he is constrained in this fight. He is, he can't go as all out as he might like because he his resources have become limited. If he had stuff. Uh, He's the unbeatable S-rank black shooter super protagonist. I mean, that was sort of the implication he is giving us, but also... To be fair, it's the implication everyone around him gives him that he is a big fucking deal in this world. I don't know about that, because like they kind of treat him like just some random mook in the organization, the Exorcist organization, but... And like everywhere he goes, he's always following people that are supposedly some of the strongest people in the world. I don't, I don't know if they treat him as, like, he's deliberate, like, they specifically wanted him to investigate this because of his skill set, and then also, as we look, it's essentially, like, multiple, we see multiple people who essentially hired assassins to try and kill him. Like, his house gets blown up, the bear plane was an assassination attempt, the two people who they're fighting at the end of the thing is another assassination attempt. I do think part of it as well as, I think the implication is he's some sort of, he's some sort of mercenary or something, because he gets hired for this job by the organization when he goes to Japan. Well, that's why he goes to Japan. And before that, he's just presumably doing whatever job he was hired for. Yeah, we don't really know a huge amount of like... Well, obviously, we don't know a huge amount about the organization. That's fair. But we don't really know a huge amount about, yeah, is he for hire? Does he already work for them? And then they brought him into the Japan branch. Yeah, like... Because I think this is something it doesn't touch on in a great deal. It's sort of like the world setting in a way. Like No. I think the implication is everyone knows about the paranormal. There's a couple of just little bits. You'd bit be hard there. pressed not to. It would yes. be difficult not to <laughs> in this difficult world. Not yes. to, but it's more it's like it's not like um I can't even think what it was. There was one we did where it was like I know Mike was really annoyed at it because it's like there's no way you could cover it all up. Alice Academy? Uh not what I was thinking. You are double oh eight? No. One of those where there's a really fucking obvious school in the middle of <laughs> No, no, it wasn't it wasn't one of those. I think it was a more Is this um the talentless nana? Yes, possibly. Oh, we did yeah. have a write about that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like no way you can that... cover this shit up, yeah. Yeah, could could have been that one. Uh, I mean the, we've, it's the, happened a surprising uh, with, amount. Um, yeah, because in talentless nana it was with the um enemies against humanity or whatever they called it. Yeah, that's yeah. And you were saying, no, there's absolutely no way it could be covered up, blah blah blah. And it's like, yeah, I can see that here very clearly because, you know, there's a giant black pillar in the middle of town. Yeah, and straight up <laughs> magic exists in this world. I don't care what they call it, it's fucking magic. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine with it being called magic. So I think, to be fair, at one point they do call it magic. I feel when you're getting to the realm of the spiritual, yeah, you can, magic's fair game to say. Actually, yeah, because I think like at one point you see like a magazine cover, which I think is when you find out about the black pillar. So it's like, oh, clearly this is a thing people are loosely, at the very least, aware of. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, beyond that, we don't really know much about the state of the world. Like, we, we know Japan has an organization of exorcists. Does anyone else? We know that all the same movies were made in this world. <laughs> yeah. Which is fucking weird, can I just say? Because there's no way, if there are, like, straight-up demons, spirits, ghosts and goblins invading the world on a regular basis 
this is enough of an issue that they need to like cordon off entire chunks of cities where there's heightened activity. You'd think that the movie well, scene would be a little different. Well, see, I think that's the issue. It doesn't really go into that sort of world setting. So it's like, how regular are these sorts of events? Because obviously we're, we're only seeing this through the eyes of Akira. So obviously sure. you're just going to see it all the time. But actually, maybe that's every instance that currently exists on the planet. Uh, uh. I mean, I guess, but it feels unlikely. It does feel unlikely. It feels very, very common. Point is, we don't know what extent it affects people's lives. I, I mean, sure. I mean, to some people, they, they talk about opening doors, which is, like, I think, and they, this is not explained. So my inference is that people are summoning these demons for reasons. Opening doors? I yeah, it's, it's a term phrase they use. On, unless this was in later chapters. No, no, this is like in chapter one or two is the first time, because they said, like, when he goes to kill the ogre, he says, Oh yeah, they opened a door and the ogre came through. And, and uh, I, I think that was a very literal. I was going to say that, that one there, takes like. place in the house. Yeah, no, I think I think it is a a term of art in this world. Like, I don't think it was a literal opening of a door. That doesn't he open the door to reveal the ogre in that chapter? He I, does he later does, on, yes. But yeah, he does, yes. But like, I I do think it's an actual like term they use because they use it a few times. Rather than, I don't think it's a literal opening of the house door and an ogre walked in. I'll take you away for it. I don't know so much if it's something, but there's definitely, like, you can clearly form, like, contracts of some sort with these. Because a couple yeah. characters do mention, like, oh, you're not even strong enough to bother controlling. And then, well, obviously our lead character was presumably under some kind of contract to his master. The The black girl villain at the end has presumably some sort of contract because she's able to just summon all these other... Uh, monsters out of her random eyes yeah so there's clearly some kind of like you can forge relationships with the denizens of the other side but we're two volumes in and i've got no fucking clue how it works (laughs) it's like the best thing i can compare this to is uh darker than black do you guys remember that i do i i remember it i don't recall well okay you don't need to really know all that much about it but like the whole shtick of it was that there was this thing, like this giant gate that appeared, and then people made like contracts with like some sort of spirits that lived on the other side, and that would give them a power, but they'd also have to do a random thing in order to maintain that power powder. A power. They had a price like in Talentless Nana, yeah. Yeah, but like the price was something it was always something like arbitrary. Like, um one character could do something I can't remember what he could do. But like his whole thing was he'd have to set up a series of 100 bullets in a perfect square grid once a day. Otherwise, his power would go away. And he's like, I hate doing this. It's annoying. But there, yeah, I've done it. Oh, the, the power roulette darkened back very wildly. Like, I think the protagonist got the cliche of you just fucking eat a lot. But then there was one person they fight where it's like, oh, yeah, to use my power, I have to break my fucking finger. Yes, that did happen. I remember <laughs> it's that like, now. Jesus Christ. It's like, wow, you lost the lottery on that one, didn't you? <laughs> but yeah. So that's that's the best way I could like compare that to, but you don't get anything like that. You like they explain that shit really early in Dark and Black because it's an important piece of information, and then every time you meet a new character that has a new ability, they explain how they got that ability and what that actually means and what they have to do to maintain that ability. You don't even get drip fed in this. Like you you get drip starved in this for information. I mean I don't. 
I think that's because I don't think that's how their powers work in this. I think no, there's no price for say. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm I, saying. I don't we think don't think know. There's any sort of contract or anything for the most part. I think it's just. I mean, maybe a couple of people have something contracty, but I think it's just anyone could, in theory, be an ex. As I, as I said way earlier, I think it's it's a showdown without explanation. Like it's if you cut all the explanation parts from like Bleach or Naruto or something, and you're just stood staring at the action going, "This is cool, but what?" Because like <laughs> if it was a slow burn kind of thing where they purposely really give you information over a very long period of time, that would actually be kind of okay. But they don't do that. Well, it's <laughs> they not like immediately it's a mystery start or anything. Like yeah. in theory, there's a mystery in that. Like where's his master? Because she also appears to be tied into the Black Pillar somehow. Because she that was when she last showed up, just after it appeared. But yeah, we get next to nothing on that. Yeah, like you get like no information in these first two volumes, and maybe they give you some in. Like volume three, or at least the mid. I mean, you've read half volume. of volume three, apparently. I have so. read. I've read about the first half of volume three, yes, and you get no additional information there. So, <laughs> second half of volume three, maybe, but yeah, it's yeah, you get nothing, and it gives you very little to like hang on to here, and very little to be intrigued by because yeah, the things they're playing with, they're interesting ideas. The character design, very interesting. A lot of like the things you do learn about the world, very interesting. But well, the boss, I'd say the monster designs as well, because it's not. Yeah. You might you might also think based off like the exes type. Oh, it's just going to be like, a lot of Japanese things, and you do see like Tengo and Samuel and all that. But also, no, it's happy to be like, oh, here's an ogre, here's a witch, here's some kobolds, there's a dragon, Minotaur, yeah, Minotaur, yeah. Oh, that Minotaur fight annoyed me a bit because it broke <laughs> the one of the golden rules of things you don't do in Shodan. Which is exactly. where they just go into the fight and they're like, oh yeah, can you just like keep the fight going for like a little bit just so I can analyze <laughs> like, oh, okay, so there's no stakes in this whatsoever. Like, yeah. I wasn't expecting him to lose to the Minotaur, but <laughs> don't just openly say at the start of the fight, this is meaningless. Also, the very weird thing. This is like another example of how the panels don't connect together properly. And like that fight has a good example of this where, hey, I've no idea how he won that fight. Absolutely no idea. He says... Eins, zwei, drei, and then he's like behind him somehow and like cut him into pieces. Somehow. I think the implication is he's doing the whole like you slash really, you slash a lot really fucking fast and then you click your fingers and oh, they all appear at once. And like, yeah, that I have no fucking clue if that's what they were <laughs> so going I for. I think the implication was as he was counting, they were caught. I think so, but it's, it's very much not clear from the art. I mean, I feel like there was. Blood spouts in a straight line from the angle of his knife, from what I remember. But but my second point, right, was that like, can you just keep him alive for a while so I can analyze him? Immediately kills him. Oh, that's fine. What? They keep him alive <laughs> for a few pages. I mean, it I don't wasn't know. Pages. It was like two panels at most. Yeah, analysis didn't seem to do much. It, well, yeah, it was a couple of pages. The analysis didn't really seem to do much. To be fair. The, the analysis was what told them that they were homunculi rather than but we uh, could have figured that part out when he couldn't get any demon juju well no because the point is they didn't know what they were at that point uh, yes i'm not saying it was pointless i'm just saying no, i feel like they were already several fights into the, the world by that point so i mean there yes, was other ways again, of figuring it they out didn't know what they were fighting against specifically that also they also decided to unveil because they're like it's not just enough that they're now in like First of all, they have to go through five weird barriers for some reason. But yeah, they get 
they get there and then it's not enough that it's just like now they're fighting loads of things there's also weird dimension spatial distortions where yeah the world around them keeps changing but it's not really shown very well visually and no it's not really shown visually other than the fact that they walk out of a room and go hang on where the fuck are we the characters will tell you it but yeah there's no real way to visually infer outside of them going oh my god we're now 100 meters away from the exit not five but i mean the whole point behind the barriers was they are now at where the pillar formed i sure i just don't know why there are barriers because stop things getting out well these barriers seem to be quite ineffective because you can just walk through them but i yeah i mean maybe yeah, it's, uh... presumably they can walk through them because they're human but other things can't get oh, out that was, that's just the amount of crazy tech they'll pull out in this world like not only do they have the whole like i can summon spiritual copies of things but that's also the one where they reveal oh yeah we've got skin suits <laughs> Yeah, I... skin suits are advanced enough where they can complain that they're not comfortable skin suits. Oh, they were made with cheap materials. <laughs> like Jesus Christ, what? Because <laughs> it just kind of they just start tailing them off. And you're like, oh, that's a thing. Okay. I like how that was your complaint, and not the fact that they were impersonating government official. Yeah, I don't even know why they did that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I sure no point whatsoever. But yeah, the severe lack of explanation extends to logic like that. We're like. Okay, we're, we're impersonating government officials. Why? I would assume because you need to be a government official to go in. That's the problem. You're assuming. Also, it's an entire, I... like, bubbled-off section of the city. <laughs> it's like, what? how is it difficult to get through? Uh, whatever. Like, so little explanation. Like, you have so little reason to know or care as to why anything's happening. It's... Yes. It is, it is a show-don't-tell, but maybe... Maybe a little more tell. A little more the tell. showing isn't great either. <laughs> like, it's just okay. Yeah, it, it needed a bit, either clearer show or more tell. One of the two. Which is annoying, because there is quite a lot of stuff which is interesting ideas that they put on this. Like, I, I'm intrigued by the back, what little backstory we got from the main character. I'm intrigued by this opening, like, um, prologue section. Like, this is a weird thing that's going on. I couldn't really tell what was happening half the time, but it was weird. And then it just ignores it. And then it kind of loops back in again at the end of volume two. Yeah, that was definitely a case of like, okay, so this won't mean anything. And then, yeah, at the end of when he fucking dies at the end of volume two, and then yes. magically comes back in like this form we saw right at the beginning of the story. And like, oh shit, mm -hmm. what? He straight up pulls an Ichigo, yes. Yeah, I was going to say, to use Phil's example, pulls an Ichigo, which was. That's what I said. My example. How dare you? I, it it I was, thought... in fact, Mike's example. Oh, shit. Well, okay. How dare you? Thanks, Phil. It was a great gonna... example. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad I could help with such a great example, John. Shut up, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Please, though. No, I'm already confused enough. I don't need other people. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because uh, he... It appears he has... He was that possessed person slash demon slash whatever from the prologue, which happens after he gets shot in the fucking face. And so he turns back into that form. And I say form, it, it does look like he's just wearing, like, raver paint. He's, he looks very, um, I don't know why, it kind of gives me sort of, like, South American vibes, I think, because of, like, the design on his face. No, I see, I see where you're going with to that. To me, it's very reminiscent of... Sort of, like, as protagonist of... of... I can see that. For me, it's very reminiscent of, I think it's the protagonist of... Shin Megami Tensei Devil. You're on your own, 
the one where it's about cannibalism and i forget which one it is but it's one of them you're on your own i, I was gonna say you're the shimigami tensei guy here oh no this is a bad time when i'm the shimigami tensei nerd um the devil survivor devil sub it's not any of those fucking which ones digital yeah. devil saga you might actually be right yeah i know that's the only one i know there's digital devil saga there's devil survivor Holy shit, you were right, I think. Yes, you were. Wow. It's literally the only one I know the name it of. It is Digital Devil Saga. I don't know why. It reminded me a bit of that because they have like the kind of face markings and face paint style things on them at times. Either way, your, your examples were far better. Aztec, yes. Yeah. Because uh, he's, got, he's, he's, he's got face paint on kind of make it look more like a skull, if that makes yeah. sense in my yeah. mind. Like a, like a Day of the Dead kind of yeah. thing yes. going on. Uh, yeah. yeah, so, and he, it looks good, but he does just look like a dude wearing paint and with like smoky hands. Gl- glowy eyes and things or something. Glowy eyes and like shadowy hands. But I think, in some ways, I think that's supposed to kind of be the point because that way, basically, everyone who isn't an exorcist or like that side of things just basically thinks he's just a dude, we'll just fucking shoot him. Sure, sure. Like, I, I don't know if the implication, because again, not explained at all, I don't know if it's that he is possessed or that he is a demon that looks humanoid. Like, it's not clear at all. But either way, he something was keeping the human part of him in check, and he goes full monster mode afterwards, which is very Ichigo. Yeah, I think this sort of kind of comes back to, like, this black smoke stuff. Obviously, he's sort of panicking about keeping track of it and things. And at one point, you sort of see when he's looking at his pocket watch, he's got like a little thing, and you see like a little black smoky skull type thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's like after he has a nightmare where he sees. So this this is something you don't see much of, but in that chapter where he transforms, or like just after, like start yeah. chapter sixteen, maybe you do see like a a monstery type thing like a skull, lots of black smoke and things, and then it just kind of fades away, and there he is. And you see that when he has a nightmare, he sees that, and it's sort of that skull is kind of what you see in his pocket watch and things. Yeah, like, I do feel like it's more of a suppression thing, rather than a, he's just a dude with powers. But again, I don't know if that means if he's possessed, or if he's a demon, or whatever. Like, because this thing doesn't explain shit. I mean, please, though, I don't need another series that's like, aha, you thought I was dead? No, now, now it's my true power. Like, please stop. <laughs> well, I thought, but I thought you liked Shonen, John. Fucking Hitsugaya. No, that wasn't power ending. Okay. Yeah. It's my power being unleashed. <laughs> oh, cool. So there's no stakes to this. Gotcha. <laughs> Retroactively makes all the other fights less good. Makes his entire movie moot. Just a complete moot point. I mean, to be fair, all those films kind of... They are, but have you garnered any kind of tension or stakes from it? It's completely irrelevant now. (laughs) Anyway, Phil, you were going to make a point. I was going to say, from what I remember, it's the next volume they do actually go into his backstory about the demon-y thing. I mean, I can believe that they'll dedicate a whole page, because they do that at some point. It is is a good few chapters. We should probably tell you about what, who this black lady is and why she's fighting him. So here she is in the nude with a page where he's like, ah, yes, I know you. You did these 20 crimes. And it's like, <laughs> <"Wait>, what? 
Why is this the info dump I get on one page? Also, why is she naked on this page? What? Okay, I can I can tell you why she's naked. Okay, yes. <laughs> okay, yes. So the kids can rock their socks to her. Sure. <laughs> why not? She's attractive, I guess. You said the word socks and you got just one letter wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're right. They can cock their socks to her. So <laughs> Good job. It's just like, why is that just, it's so random. It's like, it's often goes, people are saying I don't explain shit enough. So here you go. Here's one dedicated page. This is <laughs> who gonna... she is. Are you happy now? <laughs> and I'm going to draw her naked so you don't pay attention to any of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I honestly don't understand why they are so reluctant to give you information in this. Because they could. They could just give you basic shit information. They could just tell you what the fuck's up with the world, why there's demons everywhere, because this world seems otherwise perfectly normal. Is it supposed to be a secret or not? They could tell you how the powers work better than they do. No, they don't do any of that, and I don't know why. Like, I don't see any good reason why they would hide that information, because they, they display the consequences of that information all the time but never enough that you can infer what that information is without them explicitly telling you. It's just a, a really strange way of writing. It really does feel like the author had all of this information that we would like to know, had, had it all in their head. And because they were like so into their own world that they made, they just forgot to include that information, that, that really that important forgot, information. I think the author just loves movies and loves shonen and wanted to do a big bada boom action thing and was like because there's so many pages where there's just no text so i think they just really wanted to focus on that rather than and that's okay but it really does feel like there's chapters missing from this like or entire pages missing where it's just like yeah all that stuff that was we were explaining that was in the missing pages and so it just carries on like without giving you any information i don't i don't, I don't get why I, I i don't understand the advantage to doing it that way because it's a big disadvantage, and I'm not seeing the upside. It, it'll be like when you buy like one of the Game of Thrones books, and at the start of the front of the book, they're like, and here's a map of Westeros. You're like, oh, this explains so much. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like, you need to have some sort of foundation or scaffold of information to be able to hold up the house that is the story that you're reading. And it's got none of that. It's, it's just stuff is happening, and I don't know what there is to, like, connect to in this, apart from if you're just sort of really into the idea of a guy shooting monsters. I just want to see some action and occasionally some naked ladies, and there you go. And Clint Eastwood. And Clint Eastwood, yes. <laughs> like, the, there's, like, a another master-esque character. The manager. I mean, he's the manager of the Japan branch. Yeah, yeah and so he... It's a dead ringer for Clint Eastwood, and it wasn't even like a sly reference. They straight up put draw attention to it. Uh, I mean, he calls himself the Eastwood of the Japanese branch. Like, yeah, okay. so like, Wait, is, is this a thing? Is every branch led by a Clint Eastwood lookalike? <laughs> <laughs> no, one of them's uh, run by a Stallone type. Uh, <laughs> another one's a Schwarzenegger. <laughs> They're all just basically when an actor gets to a certain age. And they need to realize they, they can't be acting the rest of their life. They need to diversify a bit. They go into exorcisms. exorcisms. 
It's the natural next stage in progressive career progression. Oh man, is that going to be revealed down the line? Where it's like, I mean, I know I called myself this Japanese name, but no, I'm actually Clint Eastwood. It's actually <laughs> me. Yeah, well, yes, idea is identity, otherwise, I get handed on the street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit silly, but it's okay. Oh, it's, yeah. a, it's an okay amount of silly. That's the thing. Like, it never, I don't think it ever detracts from. Oh, no, I never. What they're trying it's to not do. low random. Yeah, absolutely not. But it never, like, the silly that they do put in place is fun. And it is kind of in matching with one of the tones that this thing is going for. And I say one of the tones because it does like to sharply veer between silly and, oh god, super violence. And oh boy, do they love their super violence. There is not a single fight scene where someone isn't horrifically dismembered imploded by being shot at point-blank range it's it's gross <laughs> but it's gross in a good way kind of uh, yeah i mean i don't hate this in the way i hate record of ragnarok and that was hyper violence oh that's because you love this one right i i don't hate it as much record of ragnarok yeah because you love it so that's obviously that's i mean famously record of ragnarok is one we all loved yeah in fact yeah. i would actually dare say Sean loved it the most. <laughs> can, can listen to that episode in our archives to learn all about my special feelings towards that series. I was just sitting here going like, man, this is like one of my favourites. And you were like, no, you don't even know what love is. <laughs> and the Maybe anime version, me. that was peak anime. Uh, I still haven't watched it, but I do want to have morbid <laughs> curiosity. <laughs> like one episode, maybe, but I still want to see it. I think the problem is, you watch one episode, normally like the first few episodes have the higher budget. That's true, that's true. Because that's the, oh, we've got, got to rope them in. Them in. Yeah. yeah. We've got to, got to trick them in. <laughs> they, don't, they don't need a budget, they just show, um, was it Aphrodite? Aphrodite, yes. Aphrodite, yes. Aphrodite, yes. Yes. Just show her a few times and that. I know from uh, Discord's we're in, that's all it takes to suck some people in. I was going to say, like, it's literally it's one of the gifts is just one gift, boobs yeah. flopping up into a face. And we're not saying that it doesn't make sense, because it does, but they also didn't have to do that. <laughs> are, we, are we back on Endergeist, or are we still on uh, uh, I mean, what is there left to say about this? Uh, it's, uh, it's there. And the thing is, I can't by all right say it's bad, because I don't think it is bad. But like, I also can't say it's good because of just like the sheer amount that they leave out. It's yeah. a very, it's a very conflicting one for me. I don't think they leave out quite as much. I mean, I'm left as that, you're I'm, having issues. Okay, how about this then, Phil? Like, have I've, you read? I've, you've you've read more, yes? Yes. And so, like, have you read all of it, or? Uh, yeah, I'm not taking any of that into account. Oh I, no, I understand and I believe you, but. I think it would be because of like how slow the drip feed of information is in this. I think it would be very easy to not intentionally, of course, but to sort of take information from later on and kind of just assume that it's talked about earlier than it is. Because these first two volumes, man, like I, I was well, lost no, so, constantly. So I've, while we've been talking, I have flicked into volume three just to confirm what I thought. And it is about halfway through volume three. So probably just before you stopped. Uh, just after you stopped, sorry. Yeah. If you've read a few more chapters. Yeah, I just you do the get a flashback to, I say flashback, it does flashback to 10 years ago, effectively. It is kind of going back to that 
prologue, but just before that. I mean, that does line up with what the pacing of this is, which seems to be very much like half-volume by half-volume events. Yeah. See, to me, that that's still a problem, because the volumes aren't super long in this. They're, what, like seven, eight chapters long? Something like that? We read 16 chapters. It is it is roughly standard. After the first chapter, just like you showed it, it is kind of standard cherry of like the first chapter is like three chapters in one, and then after that, yeah, it's roughly 20 pages or so per chapter. But like the issue I have is it's chapter 16. If this is a, I don't know, if this is a weekly or something like that, then you have to wait 16 weeks before you have any tangible information. That's not okay. Like I mean, reading this, sixteen is where we ended. Yeah, so that's what I mean. Like, if it happens after that, then it's even worse. But you've already had to read through a lot, and I mean a lot of chapters just to just just to know what the fuck's happening, and you still don't. <laughs> I don't know. In this particular instance, I'm assuming it's actually not in this case, just for various. But bear in mind, in Japan, you would normally and we've talked about this before, you would normally buy a magazine which has I, I don't know how many different series in it. So, I wasn't going to bring this up. Right. Uh, I believe this is distributed by Psy Games on one of their comic pla- on their comic platform. Uh, I was going to... This thing... So no, I don't, gra- I don't uh, think, for people who don't know, the Grand Blue Fantasy people, mainly. I was going to say, I don't think this is one that's published in a magazine specifically because it feels more like a web I mean, it's got tits in it, so I would highly bear it to web well, series. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's also it just something about the art makes me feel like it is very digital, digital. in nature. Yeah, yeah, it's it's published via Psy Comics, uh, but I don't know how their distribution works. I assume it's an I, app. I, I don't know. I don't know how any of the web manga platforms work outside of like the webtoon stuff, which is god awful. So beyond them dropping an entire volume at a time, which I agree may be possible if we just don't know, we don't know. Like, even if this is like one a day, that's a long fucking time before you get any tangible information. Hell, even if it is like a volume at a time, that's still a long time before you get tangible information. Like, before you as the reader have anything to like really hook onto. It's, I don't think that's really forgivable, honestly. Like, it's, it's too long. Like, they, they expect people to care, and maybe some people do. Maybe some people are just into how the action is shown, the art, the characters. Maybe people are just super into all of it, but don't really care about the story. Maybe that's a difference with me, but I need something to attach to. And this doesn't offer any of it until after Volume 2. <laughs> like, not, not in a real tangible way. So I was like, I, I don't know why you'd be reading this if you were reading it as it came out. Like, I'd, I don't know. Maybe you would, like, read a bit, get bored, stop, and then join back in around volume five. I don't know. And then, like, catch up at that point. I, I just don't know. As I say, pop, I think as I've been maintaining, right, popcorn action for, like, for me, like, if you're reading this week to week, you're probably in it more for the art and the fight scenes than you are the narrative or lack thereof. I do like his knife that turns into a sword, kind of. Uh, okay. I mean, it just looks like a... It's just a knife. It's, it's a knife that turns into a sword. Yeah. Yep. I didn't really have any follow-up to that. I just, I like it. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Key. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm very quickly running out of things to mention. It's more that just came out of nowhere. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought of a thing to All say right. and I said... 
if we're going to do me. artistical non sequitur bits that I like, I think the my favourite bit of art, ironically for a series that does 99% of its transitions in a very unclear and weird fashion, <laughs> it does yes. a couple of brilliant ones where there's probably a, an artistic term for it. I've called them silhouette cuts, where a character is in one pose in one scene and then we jump to another location where they're in the exact same pose. So yes. like in the, uh, yeah. in the prologue kind of thing. It does it in the prologue and it does it one other time. And I'm like, that's cool. I like that as an artistic technique. I actually do like it as well. Especially because it also, it's one of the few times where you actually do get information from the visuals where you're like, okay, even though these two characters look different, they're clearly the same because they're posed exactly the same. Yeah, this is pretty much what I was going to say. It lets you know that the character from the prologue is that same character. But because it's not really clear about it, you're left wondering, is it the same character or is it someone connected to him? Is he going to become that character at some point? You I don't heard it was know. the same character. It's just that then they start talking about movies, which I think is code language for like, that's him being given his mission and they call it a movie. Like, are oh, yeah. you going to go see the movie with the ogres? And it's like, ah, uh, yes. Wink, wink. Yeah. But yeah, that's... That's when the confusion starts, Berg is like, oh, okay, so this is a mission. I, I just assumed he was going to the movies. You see, I thought so as well. He had, but a, t- I... he had a ticket to go see Mad Max or something. Oh, he had a Mad it's just Max the way it was presented road. came across. Like, it sounded very much like if you were trying to be like agent coding, because obviously you don't call up someone I... and say, go kill yeah, I, I see what you're saying. It's just the way I interpreted that conversation was they were like, hey, we've got a mission for you. You need to go kill an ogre. And he's like, oh, but I've got a film to go watch before i leave for japan no you see i do think it was more the the code side of things because then after the the killing of the ogres and such he talks about how he's got to catch the movie are you going to be in time to board and then he gets on the plane so i think it was meant to be a code thing but i also i I just quite literally talked that to me like oh yeah i can actually go watch my film before i get on the plane i mean that's also possible (laughs) i mean for for a guy who loves films we never see him go to the cinema once he watches a movie on the plane he watches one at watches home. Movie on the plane. He has like one in the background while he's doing his cliche military training. type training of like half naked strength <laughs> training and then disassembling and reassembling the gun. Oh, the author of this is a straight up cinephile. There's, there's oh, no, there's got no doubt about that. <laughs> no two ways about it. Like the guy loves movies, but like he doesn't love movies in like a artistic way. He just likes oh, look at the look at the men shooting the men. <laughs> I can believe he's, he's not like the Stanley it. Kubrick type. No, <laughs> I, don't, I can believe he's probably very much like. Oh yeah, like higher than average into it. Like I can imagine he's very much like a film critique. I, I never type person. Got... It's just like that's not what they're trying to represent here. Nah, nah, a film critique wouldn't be able to stop talking. <laughs> like I don't think he's ever gonna break into an analysis out of uh Renaud de la Reine, or the uh german art house movie about the woman who keeps playing the same day over and over and changing minor details and dying at the end of each one so groundhog I, can, day. I mean i can believe there'll be a time loop german horrific groundhog day yes but yes I, I i i don't think that's ever gonna happen i do think they're gonna stick to the the silly action flicks but that's okay fine like the dude has an interest and yeah, it's it's a fun one, and he's sharing it in a very ham-fisted sort of way. So, yay, I guess. I wish it added something to the plot, but yay, I guess. Does he not say at some point it's kind of like his reason for living or something like that? I, I, I don't remember that. The author? I don't know. No, the character, Akira. I, I don't remember that myself, I but that wouldn't surprise me. I don't, I don't, what, what was his reason for living? Sorry, like movies? Or... What, yeah, watching film. Uh, 
I don't recall it. He may have said it like half, half like some kind of sarcastic. It, it would have literally like, been yeah. like one line. Yeah. I mean, I can believe someone would say it. It would be like, someone's like oh, what's your reason for living, Sean? Sure. Like, oh, next Pokemon game. That's why. Yeah. That's got to get my next hit. Final Fantasy 16's coming out at some point. Oh, I need it. I uh, Maybe it drops in price. <laughs> Are we ready then to move on to the conclusion? Because I feel we've now said Honestly, everything. I we're don't... at the point where you're complimenting the sword. I feel we're out of things. I honestly don't know if I'm ready to draw a conclusion on this one. Like, I'm very <laughs> conflicted by it. I mean, I've got bad news, buddy. If you've got nothing else to comment on. I don't. Like, it's, it's, all, it's all internal at this point. So move on to the end. I'll meander to a, to a decision. I mean, go on then. How, how many movie references did you get, Sean? I wasn't counting as I went along. Well, yeah, you but know, if it's less than one, it. you can count that. I, I got... I didn't get less than one. Like, I recognize Akira Kurosawa for starters, which is one more than you. <laughs> I, I don't know, like half a dozen, maybe? Not bad. Yeah. Yeah, like you you got Pennywise when he yeah, did. I don't recognize some of the titles were movies. I Yeah. I don't know why one of the chapters is called Stargate. That's that's just weird. I, I mean, this goes back to the point of just ignore the chapter titles. The I know. Yeah, Clint Eastwood, yeah, he's a guy. Clint <laughs> Clint Eastwood is a guy. He's true. I, yeah. I mean, that's the extent of that reference. It's just a Clint Eastwood lookalike. Going to Google it. Clint Eastwood. Uh, yeah, it says right here, is a guy. Former mayor of Carmel by the first, first part of his IMDb profile. Clint is a guy. Is a guy. Apparently, his actual name is Clinton Eastwood Jr. Wow. Well. He was born in 1930. Yep. Well, how about that? Well. Uh, I think the, the last thing I would note is at one point a guy has a fault transmission glove and we see his <laughs> his fetish, yes. Yeah. Kinks, yes. <laughs> I, the, the, Nessie the, the dragon fucking, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know, was that like a Pokemon reference? I don't know. No, no that is a... Oh, is that actually a thing? It's, it's like a meme thing. Okay. Oh no, that's uh, oh. Uh, See, I, I didn't get that reference. I thought it was just like a like a a, a fakeymon situation. No, I it was I, just I, a, I here's a random fetish he's into. Why not? I mean, yeah, kind kind of. It's more like the way it's drawn. I've seen art like that before. Oh sure. Like the oh yeah, you have yeah. Like very specifically the anthropomorphized airplanes. With big oh, that was problems. meant to be a plane. Airplane. Oh, oh how got wings, like airplane wings. Oh, I didn't see that. But yeah, so does Lassie and Lassie. I, I looked at it and I saw, <laughs> I saw like Nessie, the Loch Ness monster, more than I, Yeah, I see what you're saying there because like the fuselage is a long neck, but yes, yeah. it's it's an they were airplanes. Well, yeah, I didn't get that either. Uh, you're, you're not alone, Sean. I didn't get that. I, uh, the guy's clearly <laughs> part of the Mile High Club, so. I mean, <laughs> God, clearly you guys have never seen dragons fucking cars or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I must admit. I, I have never seen Disney's planes, no. <laughs> On those lonely nights, I don't go, you know what I want to get my rock off to? Vehicles. That's it. Yeah, there is actually a thing for that. It, there is, oh, the yes. vehicle for, oh, I'm sure there are people who love to stick their dicks up exhaust pipes. But yes, basically. Yeah, but basically, that, yeah, that's probably why I'm thinking of the plane thing. It's like a whole thing and people draw art of it basically i can't think what the name of it is degenerate uh sure 
And this is coming from me, a guy who's played a game called Anal Tyranny. <laughs> That's degeneracy. Just imagine if you could, you know, no, rise up. I don't imagine that. I don't that. I'm not imagining that, Phil. <laughs> Oh, but don't you I, want to stick it in the... I leave this to you. You could go into that brave corner of the internet. That's all don't, yours. Don't you want to go into that plane's engine? I want to stick it in the back end of the engine. Oh, no. oh baby, I'll stick my dick into a jet engine and make it into spaghetti. I don't know, fucking know. <laughs> I think sp- spaghetti would be generous. Yeah, I was like, is, is, is that how the Italians do it? Is, is that the traditional method? Ah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know things. Spaghetti and bolognese. <laughs> Good hell, <man. laughs> that was the dumbest thing you've ever said on the show. <laughs> That's how we close year three, folks. That's how it ends. <laughs> so! <laughs> you were very tired. No, we're done. So, now we move to our conclusion, where we ask, like, would we shut up? Would we read more? Would we buy more? Would we watch the adaptation? And in those case, would he buy it? Would he watch it? Would he recommend it? And what help is he seeking? So. Oh, I'm actually crying. <laughs> Please don't. That means he has to stay in. <laughs> oh. Okay. I mean, you'll have trouble staying in after being well, in. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing as Mike can't decide and Phil's having a moment, I'll go first. <laughs> oh, God. Right. So, I... It's clear that when you read this, it's being run by a like a massive movie fan who loves this shonen, loves this side and loves their big action, great scenes and all that, but isn't all that great at actually writing them. So you see very vigilant, like it's brilliant art throughout the entire thing. Uh, not so much in like, as we said, the scene, the transition of panel to panel, but like individual panels, all great. Great character designs on the monsters and all that. Pretty solid, like even if they're nothing special, pretty solid character designs on like the main cast and all that as well. Like visually it has, it nails it. It's very much got the style and the look right. So I can't hate this per se. It has that good look and that good feel even if, you know, all the cinema stuff just blows past me, as does the writing, because there, there is no writing. So it's like, there's method to his madness, but, and it has some good comedic moments, but I don't, I just, like Mike mentioned, I, there's nothing to really latch onto, there's nothing to really invest in, outside of, like, these very bare bones of, like, there's this weird disturbance, and also I'm trying to find my master, and that's pretty much all you get. It's shown in stuff, but without any attempt at character development, really, or power explanation. So it's just the shown in visuals without the shown in narrative. Uh, if you're a movie buff, if you like that kind of dumb action popcorn flick that doesn't have much depth, but has a lot of stuff going on, maybe you'll like this. Maybe you'll be into this. Me, not really. So no, I won't be reading this. I won't be buying this if it ever gets licensed. I mean, if it got animated by a good studio, maybe I'd watch it because at the very least then you can just tune off and like watch the action. For, like if there was like, if it showed up on like Sakagaba or something like that, then I'd be like, yeah, sure, I'll watch the action scenes of this. A good studio could probably have a heck of a time animating the stuff that happens. But um, yeah, no, otherwise not, not for me. Just you need something narratively. I'm very much a character or world driven guy. You need something narratively for me to sink my teeth into. And this just doesn't give me anything which is a shame because i feel 
Maybe if it was a case of like Takashi Yomiyama just did the art and then got someone else in to help with the writing, maybe it would be a better series for it. But uh, yeah, as it is, not not for me. It's it's okay, and I can see people who would enjoy who would enjoy this. But me personally, nah, I'm I'm good. Phil, hello. You good? It was just the fact it got you guys so much. <laughs> it's <laughs> good. <laughs> it's really dull. <laughs> the thing is, you're saying it's the dumbest thing I've ever said. It cracked both of you all. I mean, that, it could be both. <laughs> it is both. <laughs> hey, it got a solid laugh. Like that—that's not even like it. You exhaled a bit harder through your neck. Now you, you had a good chuckle at it. You—you you broke me, which is always a good sign. <laughs> we wore him down. <laughs> oh, God, only three years later. I can't do it anymore, man. But uh, Phil, I'll, I'll go to you to give Mike another minute or so to deliberate. <laughs> would you? So obviously, you have, as you've said, read the rest of this. So would uh-huh. you buy it if it got licensed? Would you watch it if it got adapted? And would you recommend this to others? Uh, this one, I think, is a yes all around. Like, I, I enjoy the series. Obviously, I have the advantage of knowing what comes later on as well. So I'd quite happily buy it. I mean, we're only at volume nine at the moment, I think. Twelve volumes out in Japan. Twelve volumes out in Japan, yeah. I mean, yeah, everything I've read, I've enjoyed of it so far. I do think there are some writing issues. I don't think it's quite as much as Mike necessarily makes out. I do think some world building is needed to sort of establish, at the very least, how widespread of the problem is, what the common folk know, and so on and so forth. And a little bit towards the start of the series, just to explain Akira's powers in particular, maybe. Or at least like what the deal with the black smoke is. That is left a bit vague and sort of leaves you to draw your own conclusions. But I don't think, I think sort of what it does show you, what it does tell you, you can make your own inferences and it's not too bad in that aspect. I think it could make a pretty good anime. Say it, it's a Hollywood action flick. It, it's kind of already there for you. It just, Needs pretty animation throwing on top. As Sean says, you get the right studio behind it. I think it could be a really good series. And yeah, if someone was looking for some action-y series, yeah, why not show them this one? There you go, then. Uh, a much more positive take from Phil, which means we now go to traditionally the guy who hates everything. But I, th- I don't think that's the case this time. So let's let's find out, see if he's coalescing thoughts. Mike? Well, first, I don't hate everything. I statistically, that's not true. I hate most things. As I was going to say, statistically, he doesn't hate everything. There are certain things he does like. Yeah, like record of. <laughs> yeah, so therefore, he doesn't hate everything, Sean. <laughs> As we discussed, Sean is, has the most love for that manga. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So here's the thing: I cannot say this is bad. I actually dare say I think I did like it overall. But I'm going to make a bit of an out there comparison, so try to bear with me. Right. Dragon Ball Z, okay? Okay. In that, it's not a complicated thing, right? You have, they manipulate spiritual energy to be able to fire lasers out of their wangers. Um, like they, the version um, I watch, they do. Uh, and <laughs> All right. <laughs> they can, like, just fire lasers out of their hands and stuff. 
and they're super fast, super strong because manipulating spiritual energy. Now, they don't explain it further than that. I mean, I know it gets a bit more complicated later on. I'm just talking about, like, around the beginning parts when they're still explaining shit. They don't explain it in more depth than that because it doesn't require explanation. As a result of that, you can take that general idea throughout the rest of it, and so when they build on top of it later, they start adding extra bits, you understand the basics, and you understand why these people are super strong, super fast, etc., etc. Yes. I, I would never I would never derail you, but so you're talking about the start of Dragon Ball Z, right? Yeah? Yeah. So that's after already the entire world building of Dragon Ball. I mean you can apply it to Dragon Ball as well. The point is I mean um, they didn't throw lasers at the wanger in that one. At least not in the version I saw. <laughs> not for a long time anyway. Not for a while. That, no. That's the, Z, I'm pretty sure is when the, No no they they know it. it does happen in Dragon Ball because that's when oh, okay. Maya Maya. Yep, oh, uh, Master Roshi puts out the fire mountain. Fire, yes by Kamehameha and reducing the whole thing to rubble. And he's like, this this is my life's work, and then Goku just copies him and blows up a car. Oh yeah, he does that, yeah. I, I tell you what, Mike, I'll allow this Dragon Ball comparison on one condition. What's that? Who who wrote it? Akira Toriyama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's in there forever. Like I, I was going to say, like that. That's just locked in now. Yeah, Long Division, gone. That, there forever. Ah, <laughs> uh, Long Division's irrelevant. I love how Long Division is always the example you use as well. <laughs> I know. so irrelevant. Exactly. <laughs> the point I was making was that Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, even Dragon Ball GT, I dare say, they have the same logic, and you can take that logic forward, and you can understand everything that happens afterwards based on the very basic knowledge of this is how the powers work they don't ever try to go outside of that they just say it's the same but bigger and that's now, fine oh my god again i've not read the dragon ball z man uh-huh two volumes yep would they have fired any key beams at that point no. I can tell you right now because I have read the first two volumes. No. Of Dragon Ball Z specifically. Oh, of Z? Oh, okay. I can't comment on that. Sorry. Uh, because Z, that, yes, that was because... Mike's original comparison. In Dragon Ball, no, I know they don't. Bear in mind in the manga, Z doesn't exist. It's just Dragon Ball volume. So, well, yeah, sorry. If you go to wherever Z yeah. would start. And yes, they have because Raditz shows up in the first chapter. Okay, but when do they fight Raditz? Well, he is, shows up and then immediately blows up like a farm or something. Fair. I think you'll, be, uh, you'll remember the. Uh, abridged version of oh no my marijuana patch uh i yeah, mean my yes. carrot patch yeah no, no it's fine mike because i'll get to see that soon when you're speed running which we'll get to yes but my point was right that... yeah no i get what your point was it's just uh, i let, understand let, let what you're saying point. <laughs> let the man make his point <laughs> you take that information through to the rest of the show manga whatever whereas this they don't have that foundation of information and it is more complex the complexity is higher because it's got a lot of additional factors that they choose not to explain and they have more complex powers it's not just this is spiritual energy there's like some technology aspects to it there's some magic there is some spirituality there's some possessions maybe there's other, there's a bunch of other stuff and it's never quite pinned down and so you don't have that information going forward as a result of that the whole thing becomes quite confusing especially when they do have a few of the choreography fails where you can't quite tell how a couple of panels connect to each other in fights and stuff 
the art is great and don't get me wrong like i really do praise the art in this it's just it's sometimes is really hard to read as a flowing story so that all comes together to kind of ruin the experience which is a shame because there is a lot to like about this it's just a real shame that they don't have that grounding in the story and the interconnectivity so i do but one thing i will say the chapters if they're not short even if they are average they do feel short and they feel like they don't feel too short they just feel like they are long enough so i think i think that's down to sort of what sean touched on where you can when you've got the fights going on you do just get like two three four pages of just fighting choreography rather than any tech yeah i would make a guess and i've got nothing to base this on but i would guess this probably is the lowest text density of any series we've read or at least up there to be like one of the lowest Sure, up there i'll give you that but my point is if you wanted to you could probably fly through four or five volumes in a single sitting without breaking much of a sweat and i think maybe that was the idea maybe the idea was that they don't mind drip starving you as i said earlier of information because the idea is that you're supposed to just read a ton of this at the same time like maybe for the format of the show we literally didn't read enough to get to the same amount of information whoa, whoa, at the same whoa, point whoa steady on now <laughs> The same point that we would be at with other manga, based on the idea going into this. Three years in, he's trying to change the fundamental idea. Uh, well, of the I'm show. not trying to. I'm trying to say <laughs> that that's a bad thing because, yeah, you're still reading through 15, 16 chapters at this point, and you still don't have your hooks in a tangible story, and that's bad. So I can't, by all right, say that this is a bad manga, but it's not a great reading experience. So it's one of those weird situations where I, by all rights at this point, cannot say I would put money down on this. I don't think I would want to pay for this because I'm so unsure about the future. But I am actually tempted to read or watch more, depending on which is the easier format to do that in. There's, there's no adaptation. To be uh, if there's ever an adaptation, then right. maybe I would watch it because I do think there is potential here. But that potential is only kind of hinted at. So, yes to maybe reading it, yes to maybe watching it if that ever exists, but I can't by all rights say that I'd want to buy into this and put it on a shelf because, man, that's, that's taking too much of a risk at this point. It could go on for another three volumes and then explain equally little, and I would not know. So, that, I mean, I know that's a very middling opinion for me, but I honestly can't. I'm I'm trying to give it as much of an inch as I can, and it's really difficult to do that, despite the fact that I really want to. So I mean, I would argue that middling for you is the rarest result of them all. Hmm. Like I hedge my bets a lot in a lot of these, but you you're usually definitive in one way or the other. So to have you on sure. the I'm not 100% sure. And to be clear, you have read more technically because you read... Technically, uh, I did, yes. I yeah. just read to the end of the fight because I wanted to see how the fight ended. You finished that little arc. Yeah, like but it's... But the, po the point is you had enough motivation that you wanted to see that out. Y yes, pretty much. And again, that comes down to how I don't feel like the chapters are all that difficult to read. Like, when I was just, like, yeah. sitting there reading them, it's like, oh, we already so finished I, this chapter. I definitely did at one point go, man, I feel like these chapters are really short. And then I looked and was like, no, they're about... About normal, maybe a couple of pages shorter, but... It was definitely one of the quickest series I've had to note, because after you get past the first chapter, yeah, there's a lot of... Like, they just fly by when you're reading them. Yeah. 
That's pretty much what I was thinking, yeah. So there you have it. A yes, a maybe, and a... Eh, maybe. No, no one outright hates it, which is a, a good, always a good thing on this yeah. show. I don't think it's bad at all. I think it's good. Especially when you have award-winning series in their past episodes that one of us just shits all over. <laughs> I mean, which one? There's a few. <laughs> exactly. Take your pick. My point is, I'm not, I'm not, I don't try and stop myself shitting on things I don't like. Like, regardless of how well they do by other people's standards. And this one, I don't mind. Yeah, the, the Oscars may shit on this kind of thing, but Mike does not. So. <laughs> okay, so... And, uh, I don't think of a segue. And if you want some Oscar award-winning content and drama... Which you can then shit on. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I wasn't going to be negative. I was going to be positive <laughs> after I shat on your Twitch streaming in the last episode, but... uh. <laughs> okay, apparently that's what Mike wants. So you Everyone's can head so on, mean to me. You can I, <laughs> you can head on over to twitch.tv Pazekwa where he streams five days a week. Yeah, I do stream five days a week. Thank you that's for pointing that out. I, I, mm, 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 mm. Denial. You, you can, <laughs> you can find, find me at twitch.tv slash Pazekwa. B e r s e k r e r. Twitter at the same name. Facebook at the same name. If you're an old person, still use Facebook. Um, yeah, I play video games, and some of them are fast, and some of them are not. Most of them are not. It is well worth checking out on the rare occasions when he, All when right. he races I... us with a stream. And it's okay, I, I, I <laughs> will argue against rare occasion. Now, now all I'm saying, like... Mike, is that Phil got that notification in, like, March to be like, congratulations, you've watched 12, ignoring the secret bonus one, you've watched 12 Twitch streams. Of Bezekros, which is all of those. It was it was twelve of twelve, yes. Yeah, pretty sure you should have streamed at least twenty times in March. Oh. To be fair, I will forgive him a little bit. I believe I was sick. I was going to say there was uh, that's not good uh, enough. There was about <laughs> a week. Mike was sick. The problem was, I distinctly remember this was after you were sick. There was about a week you just didn't stream. Yeah, because I was recovering. Oh my no, god! No, this this was a good time after that. You guys are so mean to me. All I'm saying is, I love you, Boo. But if you're not streaming, please. Use your social media I do. to announce that no, you, you don't. You don't. <laughs> Have you loaded your Twitter recently? <laughs> yeah, I do. It was one point where you were like, oh, it's fine, guys. I'll make up for it with a bonus stream and then proceed to stream once in the next week. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a day you would normally stream from what I remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there was no bonus. So it's per- I appreciate your life is having a time. but uh... You guys are so mean to me. <laughs> guys, I'm being... I'm being bullied. Cancel the Trash Manga Friends podcast. I, well, who would have thought with Trash Friends? No, never. Definitely, that wasn't visible in the logo from day one. Are we not friends with the manga? <laughs> I mean, it's fine, it's fine, Mike. Two more episodes, and then you can cancel it, because that's the tournament done. Oh my, yes it is. No, we need... Please, no, I want to make to 100 at least. We'll, we'll have hit the three years successfully done. Successfully, uh, that's it. Kids. Successfully, quote unquote. Yep. We're not. We're not going to make a hundred. You heard it here first. Oh, God. I mean, would would how far off a hundred are we? This is eighty-two, eighty something. Yeah, eighty-two. So we're not going to hit it next year, are we? A hundred will roughly be Christmas New Year. I'm excited. I, I calculated it a while back. It's roughly around then, December. Or no. January. Yeah. Oh, what are we going to do for a hundred? I I have ideas. Well, Phil verifies the thing that I checked months oh, ago. Oh, I'm, I'm mathing wrong. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so I was like, no, because we only do roughly 26 episodes a year. That that would put us at like next year. No, 86. That's 
86, 80, whatever. Yeah, I, I know. I'm math good. Well, okay. So, Phil, <laughs> at Fanaxkian. Apparently. Your your question, and uh, this might be a bit, after what the conversation we just had, this might be a bit too much for you. Favourite movie? Favourite movie? Ooh. Ugh. God, I don't know. Um, this one's a difficult one for me as well, because I used to have what I call a favourite movie, but I don't think it is my favourite movie anymore, so I, I don't think, have yeah. an immediate answer to that question. The thing is, it do- it depends like a little bit as well on like mood and like sort of like, Favorite animated film is different to say favorite live action film. That um... I mean, I mean, yeah, because an animated film isn't a live action film, so of course there's well, yeah. different. Unless your answer was Space Jam. Okay, sorry. Favorite animated film might be different, say to favorite film, because yes, I don't know. Space Jam, pretty great. Space Jam is pretty good. Michael Jordan, the best actor of our generation. Mm. <laughs> favorite film. Ooh. You know, you know, I'm a good fan of the Matrix. Let's let's just go with the Matrix. Oh, that was not the answer I expected. Okay, the Matrix. I mean, what what were you expecting? One of the Lord of the Rings. That's what I was going to bet. Also a solid bet, but problem I have with saying one of the Lord of the Rings is you're limiting it to one. I know, you could never limit that. You've got to go through the full twelve hours. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Kind of. Cause the point is, like, I would say the second or the third film is obviously my favorite of those three films. But well, the problem is you can't say, oh yes, this is my favourite film, because you've then got to drag the ones before... I say drag, big air quotes. <laughs> you, you've then got to put the other films before it for it to make sense. And it's like, don't get me wrong, I love Lord of the Rings. If I could just say Lord of the Rings, yeah, great, I'd take all I'd 12 hours. I'd be like, wow, you like The Hobbit? Not The Lord of the Rings, it's The Hobbit. But also, yes, I do like The Hobbit. Oh. Not necessarily the films, but I do like The Hobbit. Oh, okay, okay. See, I can't my, call it on Tolkien's, but go on. My favourite movie is uh, Busty Sluts, Bust Nuts 8. Oh, yeah, sorry, can I change my answer? <laughs> specifically the 8 one. <laughs> specifically 8, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just restarts the continuity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It has a fresh couple of new ankles. <laughs> Oof. Uh. Follow me, <laughs> at Slater King, on Twitter. Uh, my favourite movie is The Italian Job, if you're wondering. Which one? The original this or the new one? Sean finds out there's two. <laughs> no, I know there's a sequel. The sequel's okay. No, the original. I'd die. <laughs> sure, sure. I, I wouldn't call it a sequel. but That's a remake, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. It, it has one or two elements from the original, but yeah, they're not really. Related. Not the Marky Mark version. Outside of name and there's Mini Coopers. <laughs> there's also a robbery. I... <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's Laser King for all of my opinions on whatever movies or things I'm doing or seeing or watching or consuming at the time. You can follow the podcast as a whole at Trash Manga Cast to be notified the moment, the moment a new episode goes live. But of course, you can also do that by subscribing to us on the various services, which no doubt you already have three years in. But just in case, we are on Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, and tune in. So get on there, hit the sub button, hit the like button, hit the follow button, hit the rate button over the fifth star. Tell your friends all of that and links of course down there in the show notes to all like our socials and things referenced there uh mike's indie farm will probably be down there as well for another episode so you can go check that out and you're gonna want to stick around because that as we've said throughout is our final year free series done in the books which could only mean in a fortnight the time has come 
for our annual Battle Royale, known as the Trash-Tacular Tournament Arc. Who will join solo leveling and look back as not actually trash, and who will sink down into the depths of depravity alongside Minamoto's story and Redo of Healer as the trashest manga friends? All these answers, and so much more, in our year free recap. So we'll see you next time in a fortnight. Take care, goodbye, thanks for listening, au revoir. Hasta la vista, baby. That, that one was right. actually right. That was correct, yeah. Although now he has to kill us, so that's... Uh -oh.